Welcome to Chavrusa. I'm Rabbi Avraham Kivlevich. And I'm Rabbi Kalman Warch. Actually, tonight's topic is something that is very meaningful to both of us, I know. And we hope it's meaningful to you. It has to do with, really, what Chavrusas throughout the ages have done, and that is the study of our great and holy Torah. Specifically, the study of the Talmud. Now, we, we really want to discuss tonight, really, the method of learning. Because... There's always a problem of when someone wants to sit down and learn, what should I learn? How long should I learn? And people throughout all ages have been trying to figure out what would be the best, most convenient, and certainly most efficient way. Well, we know, there's a, we know there's a mitzvah in the Torah uh, to study it. Not only did God give us the Torah, the commandments to live according to them, but we're also supposed to know, have a complete and total knowledge, as in the words of Chazal, of kol ha-Torah kula, the complete and total breadth of Torah knowledge. And you're right, it's almost an impossible task, and it has been. I think especially for the modern Jew, the one who has 150 different tasks every day, where is he going to find the time, and what is he going to do Mm -hmm. to become a student and a real person who has knowledge of Torah. One of the most familiar ways that uh, people now learn, well, for the last 80 years or so, is called Daf Yomi, meaning you learn one page of Gemara each day. And, and it takes about how many years? It takes about seven and a half years for one to finish all the pages of the Gemara. That's right. And most commonly, um, it's said in the Shir, where someone will give a one-hour or so lecture on that page of the day, and people come to hear that shir, and that is the way many, many people learn today. And just like Chavrusas who realize they don't necessarily have all the answers, uh, we turn to a respected Talmud Chacham in our community, uh, Rabbi Yitzchak Tarshish, who is, a, I would say, one of the great experts on life in the United States in the last 50 years and even before that. And we turn to him to get his perspective on Dafyomi, its origins, and specifically how it played out here in the Chicago area. The idea of Dafyomi came from Reb Meir Shapiro, who was the Rav of Pietrkov in Poland. In 1923, at the Knesia Gedele of the Agudas in Vienna, the Knesia Gedele took place in Elul of 1923, and it caught on Immediately, because the Ger Rebbe, Rebbe Avram Motcha, after he heard the proposal of the Dafayomi, he said immediately he's starting it on Rosh Hashanah. And when he started it, tens of thousands of Ger Hasidim started also. The Yiddish press in the United States uh, had a lot of readership, and every day they published on top, right near the weather report, for the day, the weather forecast for the day. They they also printed the Dafayomi for today. When did it catch on in America? I know at the 1981 Siam, Rabbi Kamenetsky said that his eager learning now is in the Dafayomi. And when thousands of people heard him say that, it gave a push to them to also start learning the Dafayomi. I know when I came to Chicago in 1971, there was exactly one Dafayomi Shir, which consisted maybe of five, six people. Now, I'd say you have 40 Dafayomis in Chicagoland areas easily. Now, we want to talk a little bit about the pros and cons of Dafayomi, 
And we'll start with the pros. And, of course, the whole idea of Daf Yomi was very much to do with the fact that there is a need and want for all of Kalusol to be sharing in a certain learning so that any Jews that meet anywhere could associate with each other. That's what Rabbi Shapiro said, although Rabbi Tarsha didn't mention that point, that they would meet together anywhere on a train and be able, as he said, to discuss any the page of Gemara that everybody in the world was learning on that day. And some people would believe that were it not for the Dafyomi, which provides stimulation towards learning, it uh, makes people feel that... A sense of accomplishment, the ability, uh, the idea that they've actually finished this huge Masechta, a hundred and... It, it's uh, very goal-driven. Yeah, 166 blot, and they were able to actually attend the Siyam and, and actually turn around and feel good about themselves and feel good about perhaps learning. I think it's also it's also introduced many people who otherwise would not have known about it to this basic mechanism of how uh, the daf works, the way a piece of Gomorrah works. Of course, it depends on the quality of the teacher, but many of the people who go to daf yomi classes have th- at least a working knowledge of what happens in a Gomorrah. I think another problem that comes up, especially in, in, a, in a hard daf, is that finishing becomes everything. That uh, what happens is is that the class is very set on finishing the page, getting it down, and of course then keeping up with everybody else in the world. And many times they're left behind in in, in what they really understand. I, we decided uh, that over and above ourselves discussing this issue, that we would bring in uh, really one of the great teachers of Dafyomi here in the Chicago area, uh, Rabbi Yosef Cohen, who has graciously acquiesced to come and join us here in studio. Rabbi Cohen, welcome to the Chavrusa. Thank you very much, Rabbi Kivalevich. It's good to be here. Rabbi okay. Cohen, why don't you just tell us why you love giving Dafyomi and tell us some personal stories of people that were changed and, and, and became fine human beings and better human beings by learning Dafyomi. I'd be happy to. Um, first of all, um, I definitely uh, some of the greatest years of my life uh, were giving Dafyomi as a magachir. I was a magachir for six years in, uh, in Skokie. Um, recently, I, I stopped being a magachir to the other position, but I'm still involved in Dafyomi and going to Shir and, and learning it. Uh, Dafyomi is, is um, a tremendous, tremendous hatzala for all of American, most of Klai Israel in general throughout the world. Um, Dafyomi is uh, is definitely, if you just look at the, the the electricity that it has produced throughout the America, throughout the world, it is definitely the biggest uh, success in, in any section of Leanwood throughout the throughout, uh, any facet in Torah. I mean, more people are involved in Dafyomi throughout uh, uh, America and the world than in, in anything else. If you just look at the Siyam Ashas from the, um, I believe, again, I don't have the numbers exact, but I believe in the seventh Siyam Ashas there was approximately 5,000 people involved. And in the eighth Siyam there were 20,000. In the ninth Siyam there were, in the last Siyam there were 70,000. Uh, 70, um, that was the ninth Siyam. Um, Again, just crunch the numbers yourself. I mean, it's it's definitely something that's electric, and people are involved, and people are going to, and uh, there's there's no dispute. I think uh, you talk to anybody; no one's going to tell you that it's not uh, something that people are excited about and people are involved in. Excitement is definitely there, and the electricity, although it can't necessarily be seen, uh, I agree. Especially when you talk about uh, the how popular it is, and how much you know about it, and how many people are going. Uh, But wouldn't you say that? The people who gain the most from the Dafyomi are who? Yes, you want me to say that the Magashir definitely gains the most from Dafyomi. And, and as far as the 
as a limit of knowing the daf as you say, yes, the one giving the class is definitely going to understand it more than hearing the class. That's in anything. You go to, uh, you know, go to school, and you'll see that the teacher knows the material better than a student. However, you know, what the student gains from a teacher can be level. You know, the, the, that could be you know, measured and leveled in all but different in levels. But in a classroom, you're sometimes able to stop the class and have the student go up to the board, dissect the sentence, do the math problem, or sometimes even act as the guest teacher which you can't do in Dafyomi in a 45-minute class. And also, um, this really isn't so much of a teacher-student thing, but this is this person's learning for the day. So if he's not getting the most of what he could get, or are you saying that he is? I think everyone teaches own. I mean, they're, they're, when I gave Dafyomi, there were, you know, there were definitely uh, members of this year that... Uh, Definitely retained a, a high percentage of the DAF. They they knew it. Then, um, obviously, with Chazora, with anything, with any okay. section of Limud, review is is is, is important and mandatory. Um, but that, that's not going to uh, to make or break whether you know Dafyomi, you know the the just the the Kavias Torah, the fixed time for learning. You know, I always um, as a, as a sales point when I would discuss with people, you know, if a person would sit through 365 DAF of Gemara a year and he would just retain. Ten percent, which is minimal. No one's going to say ten percent of, but that's thirty-six blot that they did not have before. How many, you know, as we say, balabatim who go to Dafyomi or who go in Yehuda are learning thirty-six blot a well, year? I think we should explain to our listeners this concept of, of kviyas itamutora. Uh, it's we're talking about it because, of course, we know about it. It is actually a simon I have it here open here, a simon in Shulchan Aruch, uh, that this is a simon kufnun hey in Shulchan Aruch that every person needs, besides his learning that he's going to do whenever he can, there has to be a part of his day that he will dedicate and will never miss. He unwaveringly is there, and whether, as the Shulchan Aruch says, even though he has the chance to make a lot of money doing something else. Every man who has the commandment of learning Torah, according to the Shulchan Aruch, must have that special time. However... It's interesting to note that before Rav Meir Shapiro and his and his thought of Dafyomi, if we take a look in some of the sources in Shulchan Aruch, they have some interesting uh, alternatives to that. Uh, even the, the Chofetz Chaim mentions the idea, uh, he says, if a Balabas only has a certain amount of time, he should not, right, of course he mentions three or four hours, that was the Balabas of, of, the, of the Chofetz Chaim's time. But he says a Balabas of that time, he says, should only learn Gemara, Gemara should be part of it, but should also be somewhat more well-rounded. It should include some halacha, especially halacha lemaisa, things he has to do in a practical way. Um, like you're also, saying for the Balabas of the Chofetz Chaim's time is that what that was dealing with. I definitely, today you show me the, uh, you know, they said show me the Balabas is learning four hour, three to four hours a day. Besides right, but the, Gamora, no, it, no, but the point is the same. The point is, is that he's talking about giving a person a certain well-rounded picture that his not his Torah life that he learns and studies about should be things that are go across the board. Uh, again, if we can res- you know, respond, you, you heard some of the points that uh, that my Harusa made I, earlier I about Zvachim and Menachos about a person if that's going to be his year for the next year or two, that's going to be his Torah learning for that for that whole day. I think that's going to. Again, I, I think Kalman has a point here that, you know, where else is he going? What else, where is he going to get everything else from? You have to know what else he's going to be doing a, during that time, right? There are certain people that, uh, let's say, wouldn't be learning. 
right? If without the 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 obligation of the daily share, the daily uh, class, of, you know, at a certain time period, you know, they'd be sleeping, they'd be home, uh, you know, doing whatever. They they wouldn't be in the in the base measures learning. That's uh, one thing you have to factor. That what are they doing besides that? But even yes, if you if have that, I mean, do you have to have? Aren't we sacrificing because we want to do the entire shas? Aren't we sacrificing some of the time? Shouldn't each year and measure what its participants can do and um, put into the dafyomi maybe skip a few mesechtas? <laughs> it wouldn't be dafyomi as you say, but uh, I think I think, we both I mean, agree I think we, within we, within dafyomi today, I mean, again, a, a good magachir would definitely bring up the halach lemaisa, and uh, we know uh, there's mishalim in the Gemara are sifrei musar today. I, I think it's it, it's more than you know. It's, it's right. well you, have very, not, you have to be uh, very could, inventive, to, very, uh, and, 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 and there's a whole cottage industry mm-hmm. of these dafyomi booklets and leaflets and pamphlets where they connect obscure points on the daf to things that are halach lemaisa. But again, that's not really. Uh, the way to teach it. Getting to that point, actually, I wanted to ask you, um, there is somewhat of an obsession with Dafyomi, and just to say proof of that, I I, want to play a clip here of a song that has come out lately. Could we uh, cue that up over there? One, two, three, four, five, the days go by, but I still must try, keeping up with the Daf. My eyes just close when I learn at night. Early in the morning, don't make it any better. It all becomes a blur down to the last letter. Zaraim, Moe, Nashim, Dzikin, Kutchim, Taharas. No time until the weekend. But I can't give it up and not learn at all. That wouldn't be too good, I feel pretty small. So I try real hard to focus my attention, making sense of the Talmud's question. A little bit of brachos in a sheer. A little bit of Shabbos in a shul that's near. A Uh, by the way, courtesy of uh, my daughter. I think she got that as a bat mitzvah present. But go ahead. Okay. Um, now, n- not so much uh, why someone would write not a ex- song like that. Not but, exactly a toe tapper. But I-, I think it's just a great example of somewhat the obsession and the personal feelings that people associate with the daf. Um, why over, is that? I don't uh, over the, o- the, the over-popularization of the daf yomi uh, to the point that uh, you know, perhaps it takes over everything else. I right. understand. Uh, again, the, the the sense of feeling a part of of a bigger um, movement is is always a, a thrill, an internal thrill for a person, and uh, the sense of accomplishment. Um, finishing masechtas, finishing shas. I mean, it's one of those things. As a as a as a as a twelve, thirteen year old kid, you, know, you you always dream. You know, will I ever finish shas? It was, it's a mountain. It's, it's something that's that you think you would never do, right? Yeah, so it's finishing shots at different levels. I understand. I, I know where your next question is coming. Like, yeah, yeah, but do, do you know it? Do you know it? You, you know, you went through shots. The, sh- the shots go through <laughs> you. you know my next question. <laughs> <laughs> you went through shots. The, sh- the shots go through you. I understand. That, I understand. But again, you have to know what uh, like, what a person like grilled before. Right? What, a, what, a, what a person uh, you know takes from it. Every person's got to take you know what they could. If a person understands you know ten percent, five percent over the whole uh, you know a cycle of dafyomi, it's, it's hundreds of daf that they would not have had before. Right. It's, and, and again, the the the, the the feeling uh, of being that, a yeah, right. the part feel, of the bigger thing okay. is, so is the something is that people you know, are turning on. How do we not tap into that? You know, it's interesting that the uh, 
the Baralocha quotes an interesting tone of the Baileyo. <laughs> I've got my sources here ready. But just an interesting point. I actually, I'm not trying to win a debate with Rabbi Cohen. I just want to bring out, uh, uh, sounds like it? Okay. Anyway, it's based on the Pasuk, Haskei Shema Yisrael. Asu kitos kitos the isku batora. It's possible kitos kitos might mean in this context, maybe we can have different groups doing different things. There might be uh, a, a group that can actually do the dafyomi along with their magid shir. But there might be another group that perhaps should do moed. There should be perhaps another group that should do noshim nezikim. I actually thought of something which I see has act- which has been taken on by Dirshu International, which is a institute that promotes something called the omud yomi. Which, of course, would only allow the big Madison Square Garden party once every 15 years, but maybe that should be sacrificed for a better understanding and learning. By the way, I think the Deershoe, along with the Deershoe program, which is a, a wonderful thing, I, I think it was started out of Toronto, but I know that it, it is now spreading worldwide, and I think it also demands from its participants, and I think rightly so, uh, a certain investment in terms of tests and other ways that they can actually give incentive. Uh, can't Imagine how much more comprehension is available when you have the amount of material that you're presenting. Um, and I really thought Omid Yomi and, was... And if you'd quarter it, you'd probably understand uh, uh, twice the amount if you have it, yeah, right? You, the you, point of Daf Yomi is not to understand 100% Daf, because if you think you're going to understand 100% Daf, then, uh, again, you're, you're, you're kidding yourself. But, again, what is the focus of Daf Yomi? What is the goal of it? What do we make sure we have in mind when we start So I think what we can do... So, right, you know, go back idea, to your basics. What is it that... Again, Rameir Shapiro... Again, I, like I said, we can invoke Rameir Shapiro. We can invoke also the Chavetz Chaim. There's an idea of, of accomplishment. There's an idea of developing as a Torah Jew, of being a more religious person, of caring more about God and Torah and mitzvahs. And there's also the sense of being part of the whole Jewish people. Um, you're right. If it's... What, what we're suggesting wouldn't put everybody in the in Yisrael on the same page. But it might mean, yes, I'm part of the Noshim Nezikim, I'm part of the Moed, uh, I'm part of the Dirshu of the Omid Yomi, and instead of t- being connected to 500,000 people at the Nexium, they'll be connected to their 30,000 people okay. throughout the Before world. Before we take a break, um, we'd just uh, like to give Rabbi Kohn the last word. Maybe you could just give us a quick recap of um, Daf Yomi. I actually wanted to hear an inspiring story. I, I could, <laughs> in my years of Dafyomi, a number of uh, of people made comments to me. Um, you're saying maybe only part of Nashim or only part of Ezekiel. Um I know a person who uh, came over to me one time uh, when we were learning in the uh, Eric and Tamur at the end of Kachim. So um, there are misdoctors that people would never see in Yeshiva. There are certain misdoctors that are not learning in Yeshiva. When are you going to get those misdoctors? When are you going to learn those misdoctors? Right, there are people you know who 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 will never see certain facets there that they will get now. Right, will they understand it perfectly? No, but I, I I've heard over stories. I I believe the Chavos Chaim said, if you're zayichet to see a daf in this world, if you don't understand it, but at least you're be zayichet to such a, you know to merit such a uh, show in the next world. I'm uh, come and explain everything to you. But if you don't have it in this world, you're not going to get it. So I think that was the, to me the, the biggest uh, you know impression that made on me is that a person w- would see such a uh, a daf in this world. Did they understand it 100? percent No, right. But uh, again, they're, they're, uh, someone's told me you know they didn't they wouldn't learn ten daf in ten years, right? Not canine her, you know. If they, if they if, as I said if they get just a, f- a small percentage, they'll, they'll, they'll merit uh, tremendous amounts of daf yomi. It's it's something that 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 is just uh, just taken off and, and it's no, only continue. Uh, and you and you did great work and and you deserve to be praised and lauded for everything you've done. I know students of yours in Skokie that 
think that you were a great teacher. Thank everybody Cohen for being with us. Thank we are the Carusa, and we'll be going weiter after these messages. Welcome back to the Chamrusa on the Torah Radio Network. We have I'm surprised Rabbi Cohen is still here. <laughs> you know, I've been sitting here listening to uh, the uh, criticism on Dafyomi. I, I can't understand why um, you, you, both you learn Dafyomi every day. It's, uh, it seems to be taking up a good portion of your life. I, I, I'm shocked to even hear uh, uh, one negative comment. Uh, it's something that uh, that uh, well, the Rabbi whole Cohen, part of your question is really, <laughs> as, the, as we say, Shailus Chocham Chatsi Chuva. The question of a Chocham is really half of the answer. Uh, you're right. We learn, but where we learn, we spend two and a half, three hours perhaps on the page trying to figure it out, trying to understand it. Uh, and in such a method, it, the daf really is coming a, more alive to us. In fact, my family comes from a tradition. Uh, my grandfather learned in the Voloshan Yeshiva. And in the Voloshan Yeshiva, there was at least part of the Yeshiva, if not all of it, uh, was learning the daf, one daf a day. They were going through shas. Rabbi Kivalevich, if you are suggesting that yeshivas should start learning daf yomi, I, I, think, I think that's just entirely incorrect. The method that yeshivas uh, well, should I, I, be I, using I, today where is, it? Where, is I, a I, specific training in learning, which maybe they should be doing a daf a century. And and that would really bring out. Calman, the... There has not been a yeshiva that has matched Voloshan. Every yeshiva has looked at Voloshan. Voloshan produced. That's because that's from the previous days. If they would be in our world, who knows what they would be doing? But today, where we are, where um, the intellectual the level the is not as high, the Voloshan student did not have what Rabbi Cohen talked about before: suffering from never ever ever seeing kodshim. Or it ever seeing an obscure mesechta, they knew it, they understood it, and, that and was they spent for their and they spent perhaps level. perhaps three storm a day working on that page with hasmoda, and I think that that is something that is achievable and possible today. You're talking about how many hours? Four in the morning, four in the afternoon, two or three at night, ten, twelve, thirteen hours on a page. You still won't have well, tomorrow when you move to the next page. You don't have that sleep overnight and wake up the morning and let's see that third word in Rashi again. And that I think is the most important um, part of the yeshiva learning, especially the Ian Shear that they learn, where they really study hard, and that is the stressing of each uh, letter and even more each word and. More than that, the whole sentence. But I would agree. That's the way the, the yeshivas were set up, and that's where our gedolim set up the yeshivas. Uh, again, dafyomi is was not meant for the classic yeshiva bacher. It was, you know, it's meant for the magachirs uh, and the and the valvatim of the world. But it, uh, the yeshivas are set up in a certain system. Well, again, that, that, that is the mahalach right, of the yeshivas. Obviously, right? obviously, in the yeshiva system, you yourself have have talked about that the yeshiva system doesn't even service the people that are there properly because they don't see enough of shas. I don't have to quote Rav Gifter, Satsal, and many of the other gedolim who talked about how people were are stuck in a small little ten or fifteen blot. Uh, 
uh, a winter's man. This is during their teenage yeshiva years. When they, if, um, when they get older, there are always people that are learning other things, that are kachim chaburas, and that's maybe something which may, may, maybe it will be hard when they start, when they're 25, to learn um, about um, karbanas for the first time. But the fact is that the training that they've gotten till now and really gone through Nashim Nazikim so well that will help them towards maybe opening a new door in learning. And why is again, it so necessary to open that door at the age of 15? Again, I think that the, the fact that people are more conversant uh, with a couple of Ketzeis than they are, which is a, a wonderful, important commentary on Choshemish, but than they are with pages and pages of Blat and Shas, is something that HaKadosh Baruch Hu probably wonders as much as we do. Where, my children, why is it that you have forsaken the beauty and greatness of, of the Talmudic well, way of thinking? the fact is, it's um, to our disadvantage that we are in, incapable of um, learning as well as they did in the previous generations. And because of that, we have to limit ourselves and say, well, let's at least do a little bit and get that right. And uh, I, I was asking Rabbi Kohn, why, do, why doesn't everyone do that? And Rabbi Kohn is saying that for some for people it's better comment. to get their broader range. <laughs> maybe, yeah. But maybe turning back to Rabbi Kohn, now that we've discussed this well, yeshiva sure thing, should, should there be somewhat of a um, specific and more into it learning of Gemara uh, for other uh, people? Again, I'm not, I'm not uh, please, I, I think the yeshiva system is wonderful. I'm not uh, saying that, yes, there are certain mistakes you will not see in your classic yeshiva years. Right? There is uh, room for Bikias and there's room for, you know, uh, Kol, you know, and, and uh, times okay. even beyond Yeshiva, but it's not. Uh, okay. it's okay. not uh, Rabbi Cohen, thank you very much for being with us. And any time you want to come on the Chavrusa, you let us know. And we really we'll appreciate having thank you. Thank you very thank much. You it's been a pleasure. Comments. Thank you very much. So just to sum up, I think that um, it's safe to say that there should be a fair opinion existent that the stress of learning should be the um, understanding and the knowledge and um, really clarity in a specific topic. And I feel in a lot of ways Dafyomi has taken away from that. Dafyomi has a lot of advantages. I think that Dafyomi has... – one second. There are people who are maybe in Dafyomi Shiurim that we could perhaps place in that category. But I think by and large, most of the people, like Rabbi Cohen was saying, start off with – what they need is the lollipop. They need the candy. They need the sense. So then they let's split the it. Let we everyone ne- start in the Fiyomishir. And when you're advanced enough, ship them out. Right. Send the ma- them to the Magide, a sh- I agree half, with you. The Magide, and he was saying about quartering. Let's quarter it. And then when everyone's really good, let's eighth it. Or let the Magidshir know when to send someone to some other place. I think the problem is the rabbis and the people in the communities that are setting up their classes have have this myopic mindset. We're going to make a Daf Yomishir. And some people they are have... settling. They come to the Daf Yomishir, and this is all I need to do. And is that hindering them? Well, Kalman, we seem to have agreed a lot tonight. Well, on some things at least. Well, if you, the listener out there, if you disagree with us, please, we'd like to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you at Chavrusa at Torah Radio, one word, dot net. Or if you have any ideas for future shows or topics you'd like to hear us discuss, please send us any feedback, especially um, send me some emails um, telling me how you agree with me with uh, Rabbi Kivalevich's <laughs> idea of imposing Dafyomi in the well, yeshivas. Please just back me up. I there think it's about time for us to sign off. 
You've been listening to the Chavrusa. This is my Chavrusa, Rabbi Avram Kivalevich. And this is Rabbi Kalman Warch. Stick around, um, Rabbi Kivalevich, because um, we really need to discuss this whole uh, going back in time and moving to Velazhin kind of thing. Well, we'll see if you can convince me. <laughs> <laughs>